Hey guys, before we get stuck into this episode today, our guest, Ella Pike, has been kind enough to add in a, a sample of some breath work, which we're going to add in at the end of this episode today. I uh, would love for you to hang around for the full episode, hear about the benefits of focusing on your breath, the different techniques that you can use, and all the benefits um, that will help every single one of you that are listening or watching right now. So make sure you hang around to the end. It'll be roughly 10 to 15 minutes, and I'd love for everyone to ha- give it a try, um, but I hope you enjoy this episode today. Welcome to the Fitness and Lifestyle Podcast. I'm your host, Danny Kennedy, and I'm here to help you become the very best version of yourself. What's up, guys? Welcome back to this week's episode of the Fitness and Lifestyle Podcast. For anyone who's tuned into the show for some time now, you'll know that I typically like to talk about things on this show that um, I've either experienced myself or the journeys that I'm kind of going through in my own life and different experiences and whatnot that I've had um, and stuff that I'm interested in. People that I get on the show are people that I'm genuinely in- interested in um, and also uh, people that I know will be able to add value to the audience as well. And I know you guys are going to absolutely love this episode today. Uh, my guest, Ella Pike, she's here to give us a big rundown on breath and the importance of it and the power of it as well, um, which is something that I've only, you know, I've tapped into a little bit, but I'm really looking forward to exploring it even more. Um, and I'm genuinely really pumped for this episode. I've just finished up a 15-minute breath session with Ella um, and Kane joined me as well before we got started on this podcast. So I'm feeling super zen and um, ready to crack in. So Ella, welcome to the Fitness and Lifestyle Podcast. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I'm very excited. I'm glad. I'm glad you're excited. I know you're a little nervous, but don't be nervous. You'll be fine. You'll <laughs> you'll crush it. That. Well, I've said it for you, so you're all Thank good you. now. <laughs> Ella, are you able to kind of give us a rundown on, I guess, what led to you pursuing the path of like exploring the breath in the first place? I actually only did a breathwork session because my best friend forced me to. I went into it rolling my eyes. I was completely I just did not believe in it at all and I logged onto this zoom and this woman gave us the rundown and I just remember laughing at how funny I thought it was that this woman was so passionate about what she was saying and then I did this session over zoom at the start of 2020 and it was hands down the most mind-blowing thing that's ever happened to me it was a rebirth so it was the most extreme version of breath work that I know of and I just, I was left speechless. I was, I couldn't believe the way that my body, the different sensations in my body. I couldn't believe how high I felt. I couldn't believe where the tears were coming from. Like Mm. I was a mess. And we did this primal scream at the end into a pillow. And it was the first time I'd ever screamed like that. And I went into this like transcendental state where I went and relived a memory with my mom, which I know sounds like, okay, whatever. And trust me, I think I thought, or whatever as well. And I just had this the most profound moment of my life and I came out of it. And at that point in my life, I was um, quite addicted to sleeping tablets. Mm-hmm. And that night was the first night in about two years that I went to sleep without a sleeping tablet. And when I woke up the next morning, I was like, okay, what is this? <laughs> and that's when I found the Wim Hof method. Mm-hmm. And then ever since then, it was like, I was also, I used to take sleeping tablets and a lot of other things to like enhance how I felt and then I just became obsessed with breathing and anyone that would listen, I was like, you need to try it. Like yeah. look what happens, like see what your body can feel. Like it's like, it's better than any other drug. It's insane. And so yeah, ever since that one session that I went into, I couldn't have been more of a skeptic. And I just went into it, surrendered, accepted that I just had an hour of breathing to do. And then I could have said I would have done it. And I could have kept bitching about my life to my best friend. Yeah. Cause I would have been like, okay, I tried breath work. It didn't work. But instead, here I am now <laughs> telling everyone that will listen. I think the way you preface that is is very similar to how a lot of people that probably a lot of people that are listening right now would also feel as well. I think before I ever come across with the Wim Hof method or before I ever tried any form of breath work, that seems to be the, the misconception around breath work is kind of like, what could this possibly do for me? I breathe all day, every day. Um, it can't really be that beneficial. But are you able to um, explain a little around the physiological side of like what happens to our body when we are doing these um, kinds of breath. I'm sure it's different in terms of different techniques and breathe with breathing and whatnot, but let's say, um, well, firstly, we probably should give a rundown on exactly like how the, the Wim Hof method, for example, how that, that breath work actually works in terms of what we're focusing on when we're doing it. 
And then if you could kind of transition into physiologically what's happening when we are doing these type of methods. So the Wim Hof method, you are over-oxygenating your body. So you're super-ventilating your body. So you're, or some people call it hyperventilation, but mm. it's technically now we've got this new word called superventilation because hyperventilation's got that connotation. Um, but you're super-ventilating and you're expelling so much carbon dioxide that you're pumping your body fluid with oxygen. And then you're holding your breath, which is somewhat of a stress response, and you're relaxing into that stress response, which is then alkalining your body and pumping your body filled with um, oxygen rather than carbon dioxide which is what it's normally being pumped through with and that's just like giving you the ultimate zen vibes Mm. and you're taking that second deep breath in it's just it's basically oxygenating your body to a whole new level in terms of the different methods of breath work um i'm not 100 percent sure like is there a shitload of different um, methods that you can use. Like, yeah, are you able to kind so, of go into detail about some of the different ones and the different effects, I guess, of each? 100%. So there's the Wim Hof method, which is actually his own take on Tumo breathing, which is like this ancient, I think he's Indian, this ancient Indian guy found, he was the original founder of this method. And then mm. Wim Hof has been his crazy self and brought all this new light to it. And so that's his method, which is the... I guess probably how you feel the most high because you get those breath holds and the breath holds are mimicking like such a, I don't know, Valium feeling, I guess. Um, And that is oxygenating your body and that's reducing the pH in your body, which is, you know, all disease grows in a high acidic body. So it's just doing magic. Then there's the rebirth, which is the one that is my favourite and the one that I'm my first qualification was in. And that is basically about an hour to an hour and a half of breathing just in and out of the mouth, which look at me holding myself like I'm about to show mm. you. <laughs> it's basically, and we do that for about an hour, an hour and a half, depending on the person Consistently. and the response yeah. Yeah, that they're having. And what that's doing is it's a double inhale, but in and out of the mouth is invoking a stress response. So what you're doing when you're in that journey, you're, breathing for that time, listening to music, being really present with yourself. The double inhale is telling your body that you're safe in the stress response, but the mouth breathing is invoking a stressed response. So that's kind of a bit of a trauma release and taking you through all of the times in your life where you, I mean, everyone's journey is different. This is just kind of like a, you might come and do a rebirth and it won't be like this, but this Mm -hmm. is a general idea. So your body, you've gone into these stressful states in your life. And the word emotion is energy in motion. So you've had some sort of altercation with someone or your parent or whatever it might be. And you haven't allowed your body to have the physical response that it's asking to have to a certain situation. Been suppressed. Yeah. So you can't cry because it's not appropriate. You can't scream because it's not appropriate. Mm -hmm. Your mind has moved past it, but your body's held onto that chemical reaction, right? So your body still had that. So during that breathwork pattern, the rebirth style, you're doing that double inhale but in and out of the mouth. So it's invoking that stress side and you're going back and kind of reliving those moments and subconsciously. Yeah. yeah. Like, but mm, yeah, subconsciously, but well, also it gets your, brought to your conscious it really gets brought to you at the front of your mind. Like you can go in with the intention of like, Oh, I've broken up with my partner and I want to, you know, forget about thinking mm-hmm. about them and all that. And then all of a sudden you're back to this moment when you were five with your dad and you're like, why am I here right now? And you're having that emotional response and you're letting it go. And then the end of the rebirth, which is, again, there's that primal scream that I talked about just before. And basically what it is is it's like the final release. So we're an animal, but we don't lean into our animal instincts ever because it's not normal. And so you hold this pillow to your face and you just scream into the pillow, which feels really awkward for people because a lot of people don't use their voice and don't ever grant themselves permission to scream or yell unless it's like an anger thing. And you scream into this pillow and that just takes you to a whole different place and that's like the final release. And then you come back to nice breathing and that's the rebirth. That's my favourite style. Yeah. That's the style that blew my mind all those years ago. That's the style that... Is is that something that can be done often or is it like a once every certain period of time? Like is that, yeah. So sometimes I put people on programs depending, sometimes it's a once a week thing, sometimes it's a once every two months thing. It's probably not more than once a week, to be honest. Um, And it's depending on how you respond to it. So if someone is having going through the motions and we're five minutes into the session and they're an absolute mess, I'm not going to push them for like an yeah. hour because that's going to exhaust them and they're not going to want to come back because it's going to be something that they can't come back. They can come back from it, but it's going to be so, so exhausting that it's going to kind of like leave a bit of a negative thing within you. Um, so at that session would be a shorter session, but they would come back and then the longer that they get into the breath, the more mm. 
I don't know. That's how you judge it. Is that? Uh, do you typically pair something like journaling with this type of practice? Like you, you mentioned, then like a lot of things that have been suppressed come up. Um, I'm assuming it'd be quite beneficial to be journaling straight afterwards, or at least sitting with your thoughts and, and taking note of things that come up. So I always recommend to bring your journal to a one-on-one session or to the group rebirth sessions, because it is like during those sessions you're holding space for your body to bring up and bring forward what it is that you need to deal with so it's nice to have your journal straight away and that is definitely also one of the things that I the homework that I give Mm -hmm. the homework is generally journaling breathing into your belly and cold showers so yeah it's it's definitely a prompt that I do with it that's awesome with the rebirth um you mentioned it was what about an hour to an hour and a half yeah sometimes it goes for like two and a half hours if someone's like really in their head and it generally i don't want to say this but like generally men are like i'm not going to cry you're not going to be able to make me cry and then they just they're so in their head and every time they start to get upset they go no like i said i wouldn't i'm not going to and then it so that sometimes goes for two hours um because they get to a point where they can't keep fighting with themselves and they have to let it Mm. come up so that sometimes is longer session but as a general rule it's about an hour an hour and a half with that breath technique, is there benefits of doing that over shorter periods of time? So let's say you replaced your, I don't know, like what, what type of effects would you see if you replace like a 20-minute meditation with that type of breathing? Are you still going to see some benefit or benefit of it or does it require that for long periods of time? I probably wouldn't suggest doing a smaller session of mouth breathing because I don't think that mouth breathing is it at all. Like I would only suggest doing mouth breathing with a proper intention behind mm-hmm. it. So like mouth breathing... I guess you could do like half an hour minimum and it's still invoking somewhat of a re- like emotional response from you, but it's not going to be, if you only have 15 minutes, I'm going to suggest do nose breathing and mm-hmm. like be in your body and be in your parasympathetic rather than in your sympathetic because yeah. we sit in our sympathetic all the time. So you want to, I guess, try and bring yourself into your body and into your rest, you know, like your relaxed yeah. state. People often, um, I guess, pair or... or I don't know the word for it, but they say that the experience of something like breathwork or even things like we did before um, with the Wim Hof breathing and I'm assuming the the rebirth type um, techniques as well, they is, the, is simulate a word? Simulate what? Simulate. Simulate. Simulates. Is that a word? I don't know. It is now. They simulate. Um, simulate. I don't know. No, I know what simulate so finish means. Finish the sentence and we'll figure I'll out what the word sentence, is. I'll finish the sentence, yeah. But they, they, okay, they say that the the benefits or the, the feeling of these type of um, breathing techniques can be quite similar to using something like a psychedelic drug, so whether it be a mushrooms or ayahuasca or whatever. Is that is that tapping into the same, like releasing DMT and all that type of stuff? Are you able to kind of explain how that would work and how it happens, how it's possible to happen through the breath? and not having to use some form of substance. So always when you're doing a big breathwork session, the first thing that you want to do so you can have that out-of-body psychedelic experience is be fasted. So fasted for as long as you can be. Um, Like if you're doing a one-on-one big session, it wants to be like at least five to six hours plus if the smaller sessions doesn't matter as much. But when your body isn't focusing on digesting food, you're able to use more of the energy inside of you to take yourself to a further place in your mind. So what you're doing is, you know how our body produces all of these drugs like norepinephrine and dopamine, yep. all these kind of things. You're pumping your blood filled with those drugs, right, by doing this conscious breathing and by breathing in through the nose and out of the mouth and really sitting with yourself for a long period of time. You're pumping your body filled with that these chemicals and that is then invoking the response in your body like mm-hmm. a psychedelic. When we did this breathing before, um, mm-hmm. you know, I, I try and do breath work most days at least or particularly around like I do a lot of meditation, a lot of breath work stuff and you mentioned how you noticed how I was breathing a lot more into my chest than my stomach. Mm-hmm. Um, what is typically the cause of that or the reason behind that and what is the benefits of, of changing that up and putting more um, intention of breathing through into your stomach? So when you breathe into your chest, you're telling your body that it's an anxious breath, right? right. So when we're born, we breathe perfectly. And all most of us, the majority of us breathe perfectly. And then we grow up and things start happening to us and we start having to suppress things and we start getting told that we can't do this and we can't do that. And then it actually all gets undone when we get sat into a school chair and we have to sit down. Mm-hmm. And once we sit down like this, we start moving our breath into our chest and that's when we become a little bit more anxious and a little bit more, we start using our mouth to breathe more often because it moves the air into here more and that's where our bodies feel safe when we're doing that all the time. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so the difference between a chest breath and a belly breath is that when you're breathing into your chest, 
you're not, nothing's happening. Like everything is down at the base of your lung. So you should be isolating a belly breath before. And that's going to tell your body that you're safe because you know how you have the two nervous systems, right? The chest breath is directly linked to your fight or flight. The belly breath is directly linked to your your rest and digest. So a chest breath is always telling you that yourself that you're anxious and that your heart rate's probably a little bit more raised and even though you don't know it, your body's like, is there a tiger behind me? Is there something going to jump out at me any second? Like I'm yeah. breathing shallow. Like we I'm think about when you get a fright. Yeah. Your natural response is to breathe up and into your chest. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then when you can move, like I've had three or four clients now who have come to me, like I said, just before this new one yesterday, come to me and they've been like, I struggle with anxiety. I am on this. I'm on that. I'm on all these different tablets. And they go to their doctor once every couple of months and they just get prescribed something new for a new thing and or something else to go on with something that's happening internally yep. for them. Three of my clients have completely gotten themselves off all medications slowly with the help yep. of doctors, obviously, by just moving their breath into their belly and by doing things like mouth taping at nighttime and by keeping their breath in through their nose and out of their mouth and by spending time each day isolating their belly breaths. And it didn't start by them being able to breathe into their belly straight away and they actually all called me. Most of them called me within the first week being like, it's not working, you don't understand. And I'm like, just like anything else, you're not going to be able to go to the gym and squat 50 kilos first time. You have to build up to it. You haven't been breathing into your belly. Your belly, your body doesn't know how to breathe into its belly. You have to sit with it and stick with it. Yeah. And now none of them are on anything. They're the same as me. Like I used to take sleeping tablets and anti-anxiety mm-hmm. tablets. And then I learned about my body and how to breathe and why I would breathe through my nose and what's happening when I'm breathing through my nose rather than through my mouth. Yeah. And what's happening when I'm breathing into my chest rather than into my belly. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Were you someone who was um, already quite like spiritual, uh, spiritual if that's how you would put it, um, prior to tapping into this breathwork stuff? Uh, and would you consider yourself spiritual now? I would consider myself spiritual now, um, definitely. I grew up in Byron, so spiritual was kind of like pushed into me my whole life and so was yoga and so was breathwork and I think that's maybe why I was so resistant to yep. breathing at the start. Now that I'm in it, I would definitely say I'm spiritual. I believe that everything's magical. I believe that everything is just an energy and a frequency that you're on. And so, Mm. yes, I very much am. Um, I just got sidetracked thinking about magic. (laughs) And I was like, how much do I want to talk about magic? You can Um, talk about magic if you like. Wait, wait, what was the question? Were you spiritual prior to? No, I wasn't. I wasn't spiritual at all. And... I wasn't spiritual only because I grew up in Byron and everyone was spiritual and that was like what was drilled into me. Resisting against it. Yeah. Yeah. And then now, ever since I did my first breathwork session, I kind of realized that all of the things that I was searching for externally and all of the drugs that I used to take and all of the Valiums and all of the things that I used to just pump my body filled with was all me just like running away from sitting with myself. And so, yeah, I've definitely become more spiritual in the sense that I very much am a believer that everything I need is within me and that I am magic. So, yeah. Love <laughs> it. Love that. When we did the breathwork before and for anyone who's listening who's done um, you know, a proper round of breathwork before and you've had that feeling of like tingling and a lot of people get it even when they just focus on their breath in a meditation and whatnot as well. You know, I've been trying to learn as much as I can about like vibrational frequencies and whatnot. Is that feeling anything to do with being at a high vibrational frequency when you are in that state and you feel like your whole body is like kind of tingling and whatnot or is that something completely separate um i think it depends who you ask i really want to explain this other thing okay so the word emotion Mm -hmm. is energy in motion right and our emotions are supposed to stay in motion uh, but we're so like i said we're so civilized we don't often grant ourselves permission to feel what we want to feel and when these things get stored and built up inside of us that's when people have a low frequency right because they're so they've got so much stagnant energy stored inside yeah. them so when you're doing these practices and you feel high and you feel electric and you feel like alive you're shifting everything that's stored in your field so it is like i guess it is in relation to that in the sense that you're holding space for your body to feel that high vibration yeah. and to feel that magic and to be feeling safe in itself. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, that definitely <laughs> makes sense. I think it's, um, and I'm assuming what you're, I'm assuming your answer is going to be everybody, but aside from everybody, who do you think is like the typical type of person who could benefit from breath work the most? 
can't say everybody. Well, there's different kinds of breath work. So there's active breath work, which is like the things that you just did on the yep. floor and like the rebirth session. And that is everybody, but mm-hmm. also everything's everybody, but also there's just paying conscious attention to your breathing. And it's like, if you're someone who struggles with anxiety and you're someone who doesn't sleep well and wakes up in the middle of the night and, you know, has a dry mouth or you're, you're just someone who doesn't have, I don't know, there's different paying conscious attention to your breath is for everyone. Breath work is for everyone unless you have a serious heart condition or you're pregnant. Um, But paying conscious attention to your breath, if you're someone who gets puffed out walking, fast-paced walking, Mm. you need to pay attention to your breath. If you're someone who is on anti-anxiety tablets or on antidepressants, paying attention to your breath or like looking at isolating your breath from your chest and moving it down into your belly, like I can probably almost guarantee that 80% of the people who are on anti-anxiety medication or antidepressants are chest breathing or mouth breathers and they're habitual mouth breathers and mm-hmm. they don't they don't even know the difference between mouth breathing and nose breathing on so that like, topic yeah are we able to touch on that because I, I i can't remember whether um when we first communicated it was in response to like a video i'd, I'd put up with uh dr buzz Mingen and he'd been talking about nose breathing and the the benefits of it and physiologically the response that happens in comparison to mouth breathing which i believe you know signals like glucose release and and cortisol increases and all that type of stuff so um can you go into detail a little around what why nose breathing is so important yeah firstly can i just say i went to the doctor like six months ago to like test just seeing what they would say and i was like oh my nose is really blocked like can i breathe through my mouth and the lady dead this doctor dead set told me that there's no difference between mouth and nose breathing this doctor, this doctor who has a degree, who has probably like a bachelor, I don't know, probably been to uni for like eight to 10 years and sat across from me and told me that there's no difference and that I can use my mouth to breathe. I was like, oh, man, <laughs> man, that's wild. Um, so our nose is the most underrated organ in our body. The size of our nose cavity is this big. So if you put your hand up to your face, that's how big your nose cavity is, right? So roughly that big, yeah. Yeah. So that's how much is going on behind there. It's not just this little nose or big nose for some people. but (laughs) (laughs) It is when you're breathing in through your nose, there's these little hairs that are sitting in your nose. And coming out of these hairs is this gas called nitric oxide. Nitric oxide is a viodacillator. It's helping the oxygen hold, grab onto the mitochondria and move it like freely through your body it's also warming the air up to the right temperature it is what else is it doing it's stopping you from over breathing so most of us over breathe we're taking in way too much air and not like our body doesn't feel safe in itself doing what it needs to do so it's stopping you from over breathing it's heating the air up to the right temperature it's moisturized it's moist putting moisture in it like proper moisture it is um producing that gas and that gas is like just the best thing in the world. That gas is doing magical things inside your body. When you're breathing in through your mouth, it's sitting in your chest. You're breathing too much air in. You're not heating the air. You're not humidifying the air. You're not, it's just a complete stress response. Breath. Yeah. So it's not, it's not telling your body that you're safe. It's telling your body, okay, you're on guard because there might be a tiger behind you, even though yeah. you're not, you're sitting in your office desk staring at your computer screen. You know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. I feel like over the last like I first started meditating. Actually, before I even get to that, um, aside from the breath work, do you do much meditation? I don't meditate. Yeah, interesting. I, so, sorry, you go. So meditation for me is like my mind, I should meditate more. My mind, Meditation is your mind telling your mind to shut up, right? I can't do that. My mind just doesn't stop. My mind is constantly going. Whereas when I'm doing breath work, breath work is my body telling my mind to shut up. And breath work is my body just bringing me completely into the moment and completely into whatever I'm trying to concentrate on in that second. So for me, I don't meditate. Mm -hmm. I have like, sometimes I put binaural beats on or like certain frequencies on and I might do like less breath work and just try and sit with myself and be really conscious of myself. But I don't actually meditate because my mind doesn't stop. So I just find breath work. And I think that's also why I had such a flex about doing breath work at the start because I've always tried meditation. I tried meditation for years and it never worked for me. And then that's why I was like, oh, fuck, breath work, here we go. Yeah. And no, breath work was it. Oh, it just made me feel amazing. How many times a day do you do some form of breath work practice? So first thing in the morning when I wake up, I do fire breath. So two rounds of that because the first Which thing – 
which is the just <laughs> for 50 breaths and then five big like slow deep breaths and then holding on the exhale for as long as I can and holding on the inhale for as long as I can I do that twice if I have more time in the morning which I often don't I'll lay down and do like 40 minutes of Wim Hof but that really doesn't happen that's like a once a yeah. week thing um but as a general rule now like if I run, I'll run slower so that I can nose breathe the whole time. Or if okay. I'm training, yeah. I will nose breathe the whole time. So mm-hmm. like I'm very aware of my breath and I, as often as I can, especially now since I got this new like whoop thing, I try and make my heart rate go as slow as I can with breathing. So yeah. like really extending my exhale as slow, like as longly as I can so that my heart rate goes as low as I can and I can be in my body and like relaxed as much as I can be. When I, uh, after I spoke with this Dr. Buzz, I started really trying to focus on that nose breathing, particularly when I was doing things like like strength training, but even like hit, like real high intensity hit. And it was crazy to me how quickly my heart rate reduced between efforts in comparison to mouth breathing. Yeah. I found it like obviously it was quite difficult. I find like the inhale quite easy through the nose, but I found it difficult to do both through the nose, um, which, which is interesting, but it definitely made a significant difference. Do you, have you ever considered mouth taping to sleep? I haven't. <laughs> I'll, no. bring, I'll bring you some mouth tape. Honestly, watch how... It's different to normal tape? Ah, uh, yeah. You don't want to put like masking <laughs> or like duct tape straight on your face. Get rid of your moustache. Um, yeah, but it's it's like a... It's just micropore tape. So okay. It's just tape that's yep. fine for your skin. And by training your body to nose breathe for the time that you're sleeping, which I mean should be like eight hours, but let's be honest, it's like six or seven most times. Um you're then training your body to nose breathe more frequently in your everyday life. But it's also keeping you like in a deeper sleep. You know how you've got your two nervous systems? You know how – so do you snore? Look at me like going 100 miles an hour. Do um, I, don't, I don't think I snore consistently. I tend to throw out a few snores like if I'm laying on my back and just exhausted. Do you wake up with a dry mouth? Mm. Like first thing in the morning do you have a sip of water? Not too bad. Yeah, yeah. And not you, too bad though but yeah do you how many how many times do you wake up in the middle of the night would you say like to go to the bathroom and stuff like that uh, either once or none oh that's good yeah. look at you you're yeah. a good sleeper so basically for me personally this is my own lived experience i used to wake up like three or four times a night right and i'd always wake up needing a glass of water and to go to the toilet but mm-hmm. now then i started mouth taping and it took me from being like five hours of sleep a night to like seven or eight hours sleep a night plus without waking up. And it has completely changed my life because what's happening is I'm sticking to nose breathing the whole night. So Mm -hmm. my body is staying in my parasympathetic the whole time. So like before I would lay down, close my eyes, become unconscious, Mm. roll over, open my mouth, start mouth breathing. Although I'm asleep and I'm not physically aware that I'm doing this, my body's not worrying about staying in deep yep. sleep. It's starting to like wake myself up. It's yep. starting to send a little Going bit more blood to my arms, to my again. legs, like waking me up, putting me on prime. Cause it's like, okay, there might be a threat in the room. Like mm. you might have to wake up any second. Then I wake up. I'm like, I need to go to the bathroom, go to the toilet, come yep. back, go back to sleep, wake up again in an hour. Start taping my mouth, slept the whole night through. Interesting. I would definitely will give that a try. I will for sure. As I started mentioning before, um, I've been meditating probably since like 2017. I think it, I started then. Um, I, I set a goal back then to do like a year, like a meditation every single day. And then since then, I kind of started to enjoy it a lot more. And it's something I do consistently. The breath work, maybe I haven't been doing it daily, but started in 2018, 2019. But particularly in the last and second to that, I also feel like I've just like fell in love with like personal development and all that type of stuff in the past, whatever, three or four years. But particularly in the last maybe three or four months, but especially in the last month or two, I feel like I've like almost moved further up there. The, the um, I don't know what you'd call it, like the spectrum of trying to be like spiritual mm-hmm. and, like, and like genuinely finding myself want to and like really enjoying meditations, like really going out of my way to try and like learn more about the spiritual side of stuff, vibrational frequencies, all that type of stuff. But so although I'm doing these practices and feeling really good and definitely – more conscious of it more often i still find it i still find myself like kind of slipping out of it um a lot throughout the day so do you have any tips around like you know i talk to someone like yourself clearly as you said before you're very spiritual and you can it's something that you can notice so is there any ways that people can 
I guess, what can people do to try, like what can I do right now to try and spend more of my, my day when I am awake in that kind of like spiritual high, vibra- high vibrational frequency state? So the first thing I want you to do, like yourself, is set the timers on your phone so that you can breathe into your belly and like really bring yourself into your body three or four times a day and like really intentionally move your belly and make that, make the top of your belly or like your diaphragm be the first point of call and then like fill your body up. Mm -hmm. That's what I want you to personally do first. But anyone else, just being aware of your breath and just being... Shutting your fucking, shutting your mouth. Sorry, I don't. You can swear. Shutting your mouth. Like, don't breathe in and out of your mouth unless you're running. Like, you mm. should only be breathing in and out of your mouth when you're under like really high metabolic demand, not just walking up the stairs. Like, be conscious of it. Like, mm-hmm. if you're taking a flight of stairs, or if you're going for a walk, or if you're exercising, or whatever it might be, shut your mouth and breathe in and out of your nose, and alter what you're doing to breathe to, so that it's not uncomfortable for you, mm-hmm. and then slowly increase like watch everything in your life get better because you're keeping your body in a safe state and you're not going into that hyper that um sympathetic nervous system and that in, into that like stress response mm-hmm. so that's going to keep i mean you feeling better and so you feeling better when you feel better you're giving off a way nicer energy so yeah that's probably it just shutting your mouth <laughs> keeping your mouth shut been told that before yeah breathing in and out of your nose um it's probably my number one thing. And also, I mean, this isn't just to do with breath work, but pay attention to everything is an energy exchange, even mm. like the music that you listen to, the things that you read, the way that you're scrolling, the people that you're hanging around, like everything that you do is an exchange of your energy. So if you're listening to really intense things and you feel sad or intense all the time, like stop it and listen to something relaxing like binaural beats or classical music or something that's going to raise your frequency rather than numb it again. Yeah. And yeah, shutting your mouth and listen and watching the energy exchanges that you have. I love that. What, what is, um, I guess next for you in terms of where you want to progress your, um, your, I don't know, qualifications in the, in the areas you want to kind of spend more time in and, and kind of build up and, and make more people aware of certain things? Like what are you really focused on at the moment? I want to <laughs> – I so I'm about to finish my Oxygen Advantage course, so that's functional breathing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I really want to, one, completely understand myself functional breathing, which I'm not quite there yet, but I'm almost there. And then explain to people why over-breathing is destroying our health and explain, have a stronger voice than I already do in the functional breathing aspect of it, not just the spiritual side of it. Because I feel like it's easier to explain to someone who doesn't have any belief in it if you can go hit them with straight facts from science and be like, no, go fact check me, mate. Like, I promise you this is real. I promise you that breathing is more than what you think it is. So that is probably like my number one thing. Um, and then just forcing more people to get uncomfortable with the cold showers, with the mm-hmm. breath work, with the eye gazing, with all of the things that I try and push into people all the time is um, background. Literally, everything you want is on the other side of your comfort zone. Exactly. When I first sat in my first ice bath, I was like, "This is the worst thing I've ever done." It's the best. And then when I got out, I was like, "Oh my god, I'm such a boss!" And then every time that I like give someone the cold shower, like and things and and they come and do a rebirth with me and then I give them their little homework and generally it's cold showers. They're always like, why? Why do you yeah. want me to have a cold shower? And I'm like, because you're training your body to handle stress. Deal with stress, like, yeah. So I just want to keep spreading that. I want to keep spreading that there's so much magic on the other side of what you believe is your comfort zone, you know? And like Epic. it's, and there is, you are magical. You've just been made to believe that you're not. Like you literally, you can have everything you want. You can be anything you want. But you have to do things that are uncomfortable and you have to do things that you probably think are a bit weird. Yes. So I just want to keep drilling that into anyone that will listen. And yeah, for me, that's it for now. For now, that's all that I'm confident in is finishing this functional breathing stuff and getting that message across and then just forcing anyone that will listen to take a deep belly breath or to get into a cold shower. <laughs> <laughs> On the topic of cold showers, yeah. um, you know, that's something that I do quite often and ice baths are awesome as well. What, what's your experience been with it? And I guess when you're, you are prescribing them for people that you work with and, and help out, like why? So 
my favorite thing is when someone turns around and tells me that they can't handle having a cold shower because they're literally telling you that the cold water is stronger than they are and that they cannot handle doing that. So when I prescribe them getting into a cold shower and sitting in there for like 15 to 20 seconds, it's you have to explain to people that it's like a biohack to deal with stress better. So it's training your body to handle, to be comfortable in uncomfortable situations and it's actually exercising your vagus nerve, which is the longest cranial nerve in our body. And it is the nerve that is responsible for the function of pretty much everything. And people who have a low vagal tone are anxious people. Like you can probably spot them. They're the ones that are like this and they're really like hypersensitive to everything and generally pretty anxious and generally probably a little bit sad. Um, And by literally just having a cold shower for the 15 to 30 seconds and then building it up slowly, you're training your vagus nerve to deal with stress. So you're actually telling your body that you can handle stressful situations. So then when that thing happens in your life where it's like, oh, it just happened, you know how to handle it. And Mm. your body's like, no, I'm safe here. I know what to do. I can can sit through this and I can breathe through this. I'm here and I'm present and I'm not getting stressed out or overwhelmed by it. Yeah. I think even if you are, which is highly likely, particularly as you're just starting out, like it's the most beneficial thing is that that time spent in frustration, anger or resentment or stress or anxiety shortens drastically. Yeah. And eventually, hopefully we kind of get rid of it altogether. But yeah. yeah. Do you think there's, you know, as I mentioned, I do cold showers daily. It's something that I recommend for a lot of my clients and the audience as well. Um, and ice bars, although obviously ice bars aren't as accessible to most people daily unless they've figured out their own setup or go to a place that's like recovery lab or somewhere like that. But if you're in Melbourne, you have the ocean. The ocean, yeah, for sure. But if someone doesn't and they're not in Melbourne, um, how much of a difference do you find in terms of the benefits of an ice bath in comparison to a cold shower or do you think they're pretty on par if, if it's more accessible to do the cold shower every day? Some people would fight you on a cold shower being harder than an ice bath. (laughs) Like I think that a cold shower is going to be just as beneficial for you as an ice bath if you're doing it consistently. And if you're doing it for cold shower is the only thing you have, then sit in there for two minutes, make Mm. sure it's on the back of your neck, be moving your body around. So you're breaking that thermal layer and you're actually feeling the cold rather than like just staying still freezing and then building a thermal layer and not experiencing the properness of it. So I think a cold shower is probably as beneficial if not more beneficial because it's more easily accessible than an ice bath i don't think that you should be like worried that you only have a shower because yeah. it's pretty cold especially in winter yeah i can know that is do you think the breath work um prior to the prior to the shower is a, is a good idea or separate the two or so or me, after whatever for me i like to hype myself up before i get into a shower to a cold shower especially if it's the middle of winter and it's first thing in the morning And I hype myself up by taking a smaller, so I shorten my exhale. So I take a deep breath in Mm -hmm. through my nose and then just push it out. And I do that for, I don't know, a minute. And that's like psyching my body up. And that's like making me really alert and really in my body in there. And then as soon as I get into the cold shower, I'm focusing on extending my exhale. So that's then telling my body I'm safe and breathing in through my nose and making my exhale as long as I possibly can. Epic. Well, look, before we tell the audience where they can find you, just a reminder to everyone who is um, who is listening or watching at the moment, um, Ella has been kind enough to add in a, a little breathwork session at the end here, um, which I'd love for everyone to try. little bonus to this episode, and um, we'd love to hear your feedback on it as well. So if you try the breathwork or even if you've just enjoyed this conversation, please do um, take a screenshot of this one, tag myself, tag Ella. I'll have the links to her socials and whatnot in the show notes as well. Um, but where can the audience find more of your content or if they'd like to reach out? Firstly, don't do the breathwork video that we're going to link if you're pregnant or if you have any, if you're on any antipsychotic medication, just do the breathing. Don't worry about doing the breath holds. Um, but you can find me at thebreathboss.com or at thebreathboss on Insta. <laughs> Epic. And as I said, we will have those links in the show notes. Um, Ella, thanks so much for joining us today and thanks for sharing all your knowledge um i I really did enjoy it and i think everyone is going to love this breath work um at the end today and if anything that would have taken away a lot of value from the episode so thank you i can't wait to run you through a rebirth (laughs) i'm excited too i'm excited a little scared but excited thanks so much for tuning in guys um again we'd love to hear your feedback on uh the episode but also the breath work coming up um up next hello my loves this is a little breath adventure that i cannot wait to take you on I am going to be playing you the sound bowls, 
but I've also made some Spotify playlists. So if you have access to Spotify, there are a few playlists that you can choose from that go with this adventure that I'm about to take you on. If not, enjoy the bowls. I would love you to be sitting down or lying down somewhere where you won't be disturbed. Remembering that breath work is always best done on an empty stomach, so not straight after food. If you are pregnant or have a serious heart condition, I ask you to not um, do the holds. So just doing the active breath is okay, but without the holds, I would rather you not hold your breath at all, okay? I would like you to understand that all of the different tingles and sensations, if you're not pregnant and you don't have a serious heart condition, all of the tingles and sensations, all of the feelings, everything that's going to come up in your body is completely normal and completely safe. It's normal for your hands to become quite clawed and quite locked. No matter how locked and how clawed they are, they will be fully functioning again by the end. Okay? So, I'm going to be doing, I'm going to be guiding you through the whole thing, but I'm going to quickly give you a little spiel. We're going to start with a mouth breathing intro. So we're going to be mouth breathing quite intensely for three to two to three minutes. And then I'm going to let you know once we're coming to the end of it, we're going to relax into a breath hold. We're going to hold our breath for as long as we can or as long as I cue. Then when you're ready or when I cue, we're going to take a nice deep breath in, hold this first breath in, letting it go when I cue, and then come back to our first round of the nose breathing. With the nose breathing, we are going to breathe in as deeply as we can to our belly, expanding it up into our chest and letting it fall out of our mouth, okay? So the first round is mouth breathing. The second round going for after that is all nose breathing, okay? So really intentional breaths for as long as I cue, which is about two to three minutes each round. And then when I let you know, letting all of the air go and relaxing into the breath hold, holding your breath again for as long as you can or as long as I cue, then taking a nice big cleansing breath in, holding this breath in, squeezing it around your body a little bit, and then coming back, letting that go and coming back to the active breath. Like I said, with the active breath, it's normal for your body to go in a range of different sensations and emotions. Just surrender to whatever your body is asking you to acknowledge and just keep coming back to your breath, okay? So to start, we're gonna do the mouth breathing intro. So. Now is when I'd like you to cue the music if you are playing some music, and if not, then here we go. We're gonna go. Just keep coming back to your breath. 
first round of the nose breathing. So big breaths in through the nose, filling up your belly, bringing the breath up into the chest and letting it fall out of the mouth. A big wave every time, no pause in between. round. 
of air before my cue, a small sip in, let it go and come back.
may have been showing up and I will see you next time.